Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I am Steve Mullen. And I am Jennifer Mullen. You know, in this episode, we're talking about the helpers, the people who are going to help you along the way. And I've got a great story. Mr. Rogers. We all know Mr. Rogers. We are Gen Xers. He helped raise a lot of us in his time, us sitting in front of the television. He said that when he was a boy and he saw scary things on TV, maybe he was watching news footage of a fire or something, his mother would always tell him to look for the helpers, look for the people who were doing good, like firefighters, police officers, etc. It is hard to do caregiving alone. You need helpers. And that's what this episode is all about. We're going to talk to you about where to look for those helpers. So first, though, Jennifer, how's your mom? My mom is doing well, actually. I shouldn't say actually. 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 Um, But after the last... As a matter of fact. After the last couple of episodes, of course, we talked about a fall that she'd had recently, et cetera, et cetera. But no, um, she's doing well. The weather's been really nice around here lately, so I've been thrilled that she's been able to be outside and get some fresh air, which is great. We recently had a uh, family birthday celebration, and so she was over here at our house, and we were sitting out on the the deck enjoying the beautiful weather because you know hashtag Mullen Deck Life. You guys might not know about that. Who oh, no, 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 it's been, podcast, it's been mentioned. We talked about it. We've, oh, we've okay. mentioned it basically. Right. If the weather is nice, we live there. All right. Yep. Hashtag yep. Mullen Deck Life. We don't so. even need the house. We just live on the back deck. Right. So she was here for that, which is awesome. And I've been thinking as the year is starting to close out the year. So the college year, Mm -hmm. both of our kids are in college. And I've really, really been wanting to take her to visit our son on his campus where he is living his best life. He really is. Oh, my uh, gosh. On his beautiful, beautiful college campus. And I think my plan sometime in the next couple of weeks is to, instead of our normal Friday afternoon drive, uh, put her in the car, maybe Saturday or Sunday, drive her to where Put on some our, tunes. Yeah, put on some tunes, take her to where our son is in college. And, um, and she is going to love it. She's going to love it. And our son is going to love we're, showing We're not going to say where wait. he's going to school, but for anybody out there, think of a movie college campus. Ugh. That's really what it looks like. 100%. It looks like a college campus off of a movie set. It does. It's amazing. It does. And Goggy is going to absolutely love being able to see in person exactly where he's going to school because mm-hmm. then she's going to be able to have that in her head. Yep. And yeah, it's going to be great. Looking forward to that. But how's your mom, Steve? So I want to talk about the bird feeder. <laughs> this has come up in this podcast before. I, we, well, I, for Mother's Day, and I, I believe it may have actually been Jennifer's idea, idea to begin I with. Think. And it was a good idea. And by least. the way, I mean, it was the best ever, right? It was my idea. Now you have to take e- care exactly. of it. Exactly. So we, she has this suction cup bird feeder that that suction cups to her window she's in the first floor of her assisted living facility and you know it's great because she can see the birds they come right up to her window she can see all kinds of different birds there's morning doves there's cardinals there's robins etc etc and then you know there's the squirrels that come in there and you know she's banging on the window to get rid of the squirrels but you know all winter long though it's so oh that's the other thing we mentioned though it's the gift that keeps on taking because (laughs) I am the one who has to go out every time I go over to visit her. I have to feed those gosh darn birds. Mm. And 
all winter long, I enjoyed not having to do that. Right. You had a little reprieve. It is bird feeder season. Yes, it is. And not only do I have to start feeding them, I actually had to take the food tray and bring it home and clean it out right. because it was a little grungy. And I did remind her. Where did you clean that out, by the I, way? I, Should I, I ask? A, a bucket in the garage. Okay, just making sure. It was a sure. garage bucket. Making sure I, that I, thing did not make its way to our no, kitchen it, sink. It, it never entered the house. Okay. It never went out of the garage. Great. But I said to her, she said, well, can you clean it out? It's kind of grungy. I said, well, you know, these are birds who pull worms out of the ground, out of dirt. Right. They're not going to care. And she said, well, it's kind of, all right, fine, I'll clean it. Okay. So we're beginning that again. And starting tomorrow, when I go over there, I'm going to have to start feeding them. But it brings her. Every time I visit. Such joy. It does. brings her such joy. It it really does. It really does. And it's just one of those weird little things with caregiving that you know you want to do to make them happy but oh my gosh it's annoying it's not quite as work intensive as the bird feeders but i will say so last spring and summer my brother bought all of these um, beautiful potted plants to put on the steps out back from my mom's apartment oh that's work intensive Keeping those things alive? Um, well, yes. And of course, Goggy can't like walk up and down this, the, you know, concrete stairs out of the back door to water these things. So, yeah, my brother <laughs> definitely had to water them every time he was over there. Of course, I, I did when I was over there. He's over there more days a week than I am. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, and people keep buying my mother plants. Mm. I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> So my, my brother, I mean, and it's really nice. It's this it's this weird uh, bamboo shoot thing. That's, that's easy, the, though. Yeah, I mean, I know. You, all you got to do is put a, you know, a, a cup full of water in there every so often. Somebody got her, and it may have actually been us now that I'm thinking of it, got her a Christmas cactus. Was that us? No, that wasn't us. Okay, somebody got her a Christmas was cactus. Not me, anyway. It wasn't my me. idea. And, of course, I got to water that thing, too. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's just right. it's just the things that you 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 do to make your loved one happy that end up backfiring. Right. So you've got to like balance, right? You got to balance <laughs> so out finding the things think, that bring them joy, but not adding to your workload. Exactly. You've got to think real long and hard yeah. before you give them anything. Yeah. That's true. All right. That's true. So as we mentioned earlier, we're talking in this episode all about the people who can make your life easier as you go along your caregiving journey. And uh, they can help you. It's they can help even, you. These right? are the helpers. Yeah. We yeah. thought about naming this episode Mother's Little Helper, mm. which is a Rolling Stones song. Indeed. But that's a little too boomerish because, you know, that's not Gen <laughs> yeah. X. It's not. So this episode is simply called Caregiving Helpers. All right. So let's jump right in. Let's jump in. Medical social workers. We have talked about them over and over again on this show. We love medical social workers. We they do. are wonderful, amazing people. And if anyone says anything bad about them, I will slap them. It's true. I it's- mean, these are the people who 100% y- you want to sweet talk oh, yeah. and become Suck friends up. with them. Although, like you've never I don't sucked really up think before. you really have to because here's the thing. These are really special people who have chosen this profession because they legitimately want to help you. Mm-hmm. They want to help you. They want to help your loved ones. It's amazing. So they are truly amazing people. You know, I, I will say, however, you know, at the hospitals or the skilled nursing facilities or wherever your loved one might be, bribing. Not out of, not against the not, rules. It's not out of the question. No, no. candy, pizzas, 
coffee, something. I've done it. There there may have been some oh, yeah. gift cards there at the you end go. Gift of cards. Uh, yes. Frankly, they were at the end. I will say they were at the end of my mom's. So you weren't really bribing because you I weren't going to really get anything. Bribing. From I really truly, unless you plan to come back. Well, we you never know. You, you never do. Oh well, your mother's not going back to the place she's to sniff going, where she no, was. She's, she's not, going not going back, back there. there now. But like in all seriousness, they were. You know, there was some amazing things in a lot of ways that were happening. So needed to thank those folks. So, but you know, the social workers and the hospitals and long-term facilities, they're in charge of helping you to coordinate your discharge and the next steps. And that's, it can be overwhelming. Right. And you know, if your loved one is getting ready to move from the hospital to skilled nursing, it's a hospital medical social worker to skilled nursing, they can help you find out what insurance will cover. And that's a really, really important thing. You know, they'll, they'll provide you a list of places that you could go and, and will be covered. I mean, these are really, really important people. I mean, I've, I personally have dealt with medical social workers in hospitals and the, the one at the sniff where my mother has stayed three times knows me personally now. Yeah. She, she, I, I tell you, I guarantee you, if I walked in that building tomorrow, she'd know my name. Although you're super fortunate that it's the same person. It is. As well, actually, I think we've talked about before a lot of turnover, she but may not still be there. We okay. don't know. Well, we don't know for sure. But one thing in particular that the medical social workers can help you with are the things like walkers, wheelchairs, all the equipment. All of the equipment, and I, I remember, right, the first time you're going through something, you don't know what you don't know. And I remember going through the process with uh, my mom, with Goggy, when she was getting out, and what was she going to need? And things were delivered yeah. to the skilled nursing facility before we took her home, and that was it was it was it was like magic it was yeah, it was like poof. a yeah medical equipment genie where the fairy. wishes came the true of oh, the fairy yeah, yeah the medical or equipment that. fairy yeah. right um but you know they can also help you with setting up the physical therapy mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. really if you're leaving a place like a skilled a hospital or skilled nursing facility you're older you're gonna need physical therapy when you get home so they help you with that yeah. too which is awesome and you know they're they're trained here's the other thing Social workers, medical social workers are, are trained dealing with people. And so they're kind of trained to listen. Therapy is not their job, but they will listen. I've, I've noticed this with, with multiple, multiple, multiple medical social workers. They are happy to, to sit and listen to you complain, vent, whine, cry, whatever it is you need to do. And they're, you know, in general, they're just a really, I think they are, to me, the number one most helpful helper there is. Yeah. I think so. I, I don't disagree with that, definitely. I, I think so. So, But let's talk about the head nurse now. The head nurse. The head nurse is important. So for this, we're talking about primarily the head nurse in, say, an assisted living, skilled nursing, or nursing home. Not necessarily a hospital. So in those cases, of those places, the CNAs are the most visible people there's usually an RN or an LPN who's in charge of all of them. And they do tend to be kind of the hub of where everything meets. Right. I mean, they can, they can not only deal with the issues that you might have with the CNAs, which can, which can happen. Yeah. We, we talked about a little bit with the, uh, in the advocating ep uh, episode from a couple of episodes ago, 
Yeah. So you were talking to the head nurse, the person in charge. I, did. I yeah. mean, I had it to, made things uncomfortable. It did. It was yeah. it was a little uncomfortable. I had to hide in Goggy's room yeah. for a while when I thought I had like really like stirred some stuff up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever you do, what you got to do. But you know, the head nurses they they can deal with any issues potentially with CNAs, but they can also coordinate with PT and OT. And thinking about, I think it was our last episode where we talked about. Uh, Control, right? Control, yes. PT and OT, and yes, and they, they, those folks have a schedule that they're trying to keep. But also, you know, you as an advocate can then talk with the head nurse about maybe some of that scheduling. They can at least assist you with it, even if they can't one hundred percent fix some of that. They can, they can help you with it, right? So right. don't and discount I'll, them. I'll give you an example of, of where uh, the the head nurse or whatever her title was actually helped out a lot. Was the first time my mother went into skilled nursing, a sniff. That's for Goggy. Yeah, because uh, she hates that word sniff. Like that for some term. reason or another. She doesn't like it. Yeah. But my mother, we've discussed before, when you go to a new facility like this, a skilled nursing or a nursing home or, or, or rehab or whatever, the patient has to be evaluated before they're allowed to leave the bed. And it hadn't happened. It right. wasn't happening. And it had been 24 hours. She's still sitting in the bed. Finally, I stomped on up there in my little irate person. And found the head nurse and said, look, you know, it's it's Wednesday. Why hasn't she been evaluated yet? I've realized that on the weekends, this stuff doesn't happen very quickly, but it's the middle of the week. Why hasn't she been evaluated? And she said, oh, I'm going to take care of it. Within two hours, she was evaluated. So this is what I'm saying. You need to suck up to those people, too. Yep. And they can help you with things like podiatry, you know, appointments, audi- audiology. Ooh. A lot of the stuff. Audiology that, appointments. A little bit. Some of the stuff that, that medical social workers do, too. But they can yep. kind of usher it along. Right. A little bit. Absolutely. Anything that's inside the building, they're going to be, they're going to have their hands on it. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So what's next? CNAs. CNAs. So if your loved one is in a facility like a sniff or an assisted living, it absolutely will benefit you to make friends with some of the CNAs. Make good friends with them. Right. If you're friendly with them, it can pay dividends like you wouldn't believe. And mm-hmm. by the way, I know it might seem a little bit like we're saying suck up, and I guess maybe you might have even said suck up. I believe I actually use those words, Except yes. Except that, like, legit, right? The world needs more kindness Just for be people, friendly people. people who are yes. doing all kinds of jobs. And that also includes the people who are taking care of your loved ones. Just be friendly. I've certainly witnessed my fair share of family members who are getting super frustrated oh, yeah. with the poor little CNAs who oh, are yeah. just doing their They're job. Like their it's jobs. not, it's not cool. Don't do that. Don't do that because really more than anything else, like it's not nice. Just, don't do that. Make, but make friends with them because they can help you out. And of course. So we view this as kind of like being extra friendly with a bartender. <laughs> so in Shocker our, that we would make that analogy. Shocker as we're sitting here with our beer and our wine oh, clink. Yeah. Ooh, cheers. There yep. we go. So it, it may not shock you to find out that Jennifer and I have spent our uh, share of time in <laughs> bars. You know, and bartenders are literally paid to serve you drinks, right? That's their job. Yep. But if you go out of your way to get to know them, you may get extras. You may yeah. get better treatment, like maybe an extra large pour of wine or beer or or something. And we've we've had situations where we got really good friends with bartenders and waiters and waitresses where we got some serious special treatment. True, though I will say, Steve, 
you know, you and I also just, we enjoy getting to know people. So there's we, that. Well, particularly you. Particularly Particularly me. you. Yeah. Maybe more me than you, but yeah. I do, I, I like to know the backstory. You know. That could be a whole, <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast episode. Backstories. I need backstories. I can make up stories Yosh. about people. Yeah. I need yes. all that. Okay. Yes. We digress though. So like bartenders, CNAs can certainly, they, they put up with bad treatment Absolutely. at times, 100%. Um, and being the one, though, that treats them well will yes. pay dividends. You want to be you known know? as that sweet person, the sweet family member in room 107 exactly. or whatever. Yep. And, you know, we, we met one of the CNAs at my mother's assisted living before my mother even moved in. We were moving stuff in and out. We were organizing. And she came to the door. Yep. And uh, introduced herself, introduced herself and said, Oh, you know, are you getting ready to move some in someone in? I'm, I work on this section of the building, so I'll be working with her a lot. And she is the sweetest woman ever. She's had some serious health problems. She got a nasty car accident, was out for Mm. months. And then recently, I think a a resident kind of toppled over and fell on her and hurt her back, but she is awesome. She's one of the two or three in the building who are the best at their jobs. And these are the people you want to be as sweet as you can possibly be to her. And, and, you know, again, knowing her in advance led to her going out of the way for my mother. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about it all the time and this is in all kinds of jobs. We all have our role to play. Some of them are smaller than others, but in the end, they're all important and everyone should recognize that all jobs are important. Absolutely. It's, it's actually when I think about my professional career, it was one of the pieces of, of advice I got from when I was very young. When I was very young, can I can I tell the full story? Should yeah, back when you worked in TV. Okay. So back when we discussed this before. You were okay. in the intro. We mentioned you used to work in TV. I, I used to work in TV. Right, I used when to work I, in radio. When I worked in TV and I, and I before I became a news producer, I, I was a tape editor. I worked at a TV station. I was a tape editor, and you know it's a lowly job. It, it's a little low it's on a, the totem pole. It's a lowly pole. job. Very low on the totem pole. But I remember at the station where I worked, the, the main anchors were amazing people. These are local celebrities. Everybody local knows celebrities who they are. Everyone knew who they were. And I remember making an offhanded comment to one of the anchors one day about like, yeah, you know, just a little lowly tape editor doing my thing. And I will never forget, I have the most vivid memory to this day of him standing over my shoulder in in the tape editing bay. And he said, listen, if you didn't do what you do, I would just be staring at a camera and like no pictures would be showing across the screen. And don't forget for a second that your role in all of this is important. And that is something that I have taken with me through my life Mm -hmm. in every job that Mm -hmm. I've ever done. And I think about that. It a hundred percent extends to this. You're caring for your loved one. You want to advocate for them. Obviously it's the most important thing in the world, but you have to remember these people are doing really important jobs. We should recognize them for that. We should be kind to them for that. And it will, it will come back to you. Exactly. Exactly. That's All right. my little like kumbaya moment. <laughs> Am true. I allowed to have that? Like, yeah, yeah people, please don't start singing. People, I won't sing, but please don't. really, people just be kind. Exactly. That's it. That's All it. Right. Next on our list, 
medical equipment suppliers, mm. which sounds a little weird, it right? Sound, it sounds weird. But let me tell you what, one of the facilities where my mother was staying after her back surgery, you know, back in 2021, she was getting ready to be discharged, which this particular instance of discharge, it wasn't that we were ready for her to leave. They just decided, well, she's not getting any better. It's time for you to go, which is how a lot of this stuff works. So if you plateau, you may not be able to stay anymore because, you know, your insurance won't pay for it anymore. Yeah. But that was the situation here. But they brought her down and fitted her for a wheelchair, which, you know, we've mentioned over and over again. My mother's in a wheelchair. She doesn't walk. But the great thing about it, they brought her down there and we met this guy from a custom wheelchair provider. Right. So a lot of people don't know that you don't actually have to just take the stock wheelchair. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of people don't know that. It's huge. So, you know, Medicare or Medicaid will, you know, there's just sort of the standard wheelchair that you could literally order off Amazon. The standard black boring wheelchair that doesn't fit you. They actually, there are people who will help you custom fit a wheelchair. They'll find one that's fitted properly, properly. For mm-hmm. your loved one's size and shape. And particularly, so we talk about your mom, who we pretty much knew was probably going to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, the, the chances of her, even back then, when she was in that rehabilitation institute, we knew the chances of her walking again were very, very slim. Right. And then that's not happened. Right. right. So she needed something. She needed a good yes. wheelchair. And we had the funny thing. We had a wheelchair here. It was uh, from a friend yeah. of ours who had had, you know, a knee surgery or something and insurance paid for it. And she just gave it to us. And it was a nice wheelchair, but it didn't fit her. Right. And let me tell you what, if you can find someone like this, the, the great thing about this guy though, you know, I was talking to him and he said, all right, here's the deal. I've measured her. I've, decided what she needs. Here's my card. Take a picture of it, put it in your phone because you're going to need to call me again. And let me tell you what, every time I call him, he's extremely helpful. He's, they've sent people out to fix it, which obviously it's going to be under a bit of a warranty, but not only that, but he's added, you know, my mother's had a little bit of an issue with swelling in her leg and he added a, a, a little attachment on the, on the leg rest, the foot rest, where it lifts up so she can prop her leg up. And that's a relatively new thing. So the point that I'm trying to make, though, is if you just go to the medical social worker who's doing her job, his job, her job, they will just order you whatever Medicare says is the wheelchair. Right. But if you find somebody like this who will work with Medicare, and by the way, my mother never paid a cent for this. It was paid for by Medicare. If you can find somebody like this, they will create a wheelchair. I mean, they custom built this thing and it's fitted for her and she gets nice service from these people. They come to her to do all this stuff. It's really, really important. And something you said just reminded me. So with my mom, when she was leaving the sniff, it was in that particular instance, in that particular situation, it was an either, or it was like a walker or a wheelchair. And so that insurance was going to pay for. Right. So just make sure you stop and take a moment to think about, okay, she might need both. Your loved one might need both. Think about what the more expensive one is. Right. Make sure that insurance is paying for that because that was a whole, I do remember that being a whole thing. We're like, okay, yeah, we need insurance to pay for the wheelchair. Right. We can buy a walker. Well, and that's the other thing is they'll only pay for, I know I've learned with, with wheelchairs, they'll only pay for one wheelchair every certain number of years. Right. Unless you can prove 
that their condition has changed where they need something completely different. Because if you remember, when my mother was leaving this rehab institute, they put her into a power chair. Yeah. I mean, they were going to give her the Mac Daddy power chair. We kind of determined, you know what? She's not ready for that yet. She doesn't need that yet. She can get herself around and she'll actually use more of her muscles getting herself around. So, but I do remember them saying, well, if we back off to a regular custom manual chair, it may be a little bit of time before she can get that power chair, unless you can find a doctor who will write a script basically. And you know, this, that's how all this stuff works. Although, you know, a a good learning moment here too, is I remember there, we had a lot of concerns about, do we turn down the electric wheelchair, right? Because they're super expensive. Do do we turn this down? and, And what if the regular wheelchair and you don't know. You don't know, but this is where sort of the advocacy and sort of understanding exactly what it is your loved one needs and the point where they are in their life and, and what's going on well, with them. You, you, it's a little bit of a leap of faith, and we took a leap of it faith. It was, and, and, and again, I mean, not to derail things too far from this, but, you know, she went into the sniff, and the head PT person looked at that power chair and said, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need that. Why does she need that? You don't need that. This is not the time for that. And so she kind of nudged us a little bit and I agreed with her. And I, like I said before, I think the fact that she would have to use her arms to get herself around, she's exercising while moving. But then she moved from there a month later into assisted living. And the PT person says, why doesn't she have a power chair? Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, you've got to pick and choose who you listen to. You do. And I also just think that it's a lesson in you just have to continue to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I When I think back many years ago, early on into the, and I'm going to do air quotes, y'all can't see me, but air quotes. Yes, about, I see them. Okay, good. About caregiving. We probably all have a default mechanism to just listen to what people tell us when it comes to medical Right, because they're the experts. Of course, what you learn along the way, especially Steve, what you and I have learned along the way as we realize this is definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not. Yep. You have to ask questions and it's okay to ask questions and you have to be comfortable with that and explore your options. Understand that nine and a half times out of 10, there are options. And so you should ask. And if you don't even know what all the specifics are to the options, just say, what are my options exactly. here? And I think you'll get... Sometimes you, know, you have to say, talk to me like I'm a three-year-old. 100%. And explain everything to me. And I, yes. I do remember that one particular PT person in uh, assisted living, which I believe I've mentioned before. My mother had a pretty significant personality issue with this woman. Setting that aside, she kept saying over and over again, you know, why doesn't she have a power chair? Why doesn't she have a power chair? And it came up like five times until I finally mm-hmm. took her gently by the arm, pulled her into the bedroom and said... We made this decision already. Right. Please stop complicating things. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, but anyway, I mean, I don't want to get too far off track with that, but the whole point of this is if you can find a good medical equipment supplier, they are like gold. Yes. They really, really are. Definitely. So what's next, Jennifer? Your spouse. Your spouse. (laughs) Me. You. Oh, wait a minute. What do we get to talk about here, Steve? We get to talk about each other. This seems like an infinite Oh, infinite topic. We could go on forever, but we're not going to. Okay. But only as it relates to this. Is that what you're saying specifically? Yes. All right. Fine. So we're very fortunate. All all jokes aside, very fortunate. Each of us, we have a spouse 
who knows exactly what the other one Wait, is going through. Wait, each of us through. has a spouse? Is that what I said? Yes, each of us has a spouse. We do. We do. We are spouses. We're married <laughs> for a We're long, sp- long time. A really long time. Really long really time. We are spouses long. in all seriousness who can offer each other support and advice. And you guys, if you've been listening to every episode along the way, you're very well aware that our moms are not in the same situations. They're not in the same financial situations. They're not in the same health situations. But we, Steve and I, are very much understanding what the other one is going through. And we understand what the frustrations are and the challenges are and the the days where you come home and you're just. Yeah. Pulling your hair out. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, your your mother and my mother, there's, there's very different situations and very different issues that they deal with. But I think we each understand that these are issues that have to be dealt with as a caregiver and we are dealing with them. And, yep. you know, there's there's not a lot of crossover between the two of them, really. I mean, you know, Goggy's starting to to lose some some balance and some mobility and stuff, which, I mean, I've seen from my mother. But my mother, it was like one day she could walk and the next day she couldn't. It was a totally different story. Yeah. But I think you're lucky if you have a spouse who, you know, maybe they're not going through it with you. Maybe they're not going through it with their parent. But I would hope at least that they are supportive and can understand at least what you're going through. Right. And it's spouse or, you know, we've talked about, I know previous episode was different types of caregivers. Yes. Right. So we have that, but you know, it's your spouse, it's brother, sister, family member, any, anyone who hopefully you have in your life who you can, you can lean on in these, in these situations. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they at least, at least your spouse is willing to sit there and listen to you spill your guts. Right about the latest crisis. And I say latest crisis because, you know, I, I've I've been kind of joking around. My mother's in kind of a great place right now, but I'm not getting comfortable because I know there's a crisis coming around the corner. And as we record this for anyone who's listened to previous episodes, Steve and I are about to go out of town for Uh, a couple of days. I know. I know you can expect for the, can y'all hear that? I am knocking on the wood. Right so now? the next episode is mm. going to be one of our mothers going into the hospital, probably. <laughs> I mean, it. I hope not. I know. I, I know. But, but that's just the way it goes. We are going out of town. We so, are going you know, out of town. You never know. So, but let's talk about caregiving support groups. Yeah. Very useful. Very useful. If you're unmarried or maybe your spouse isn't capable physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, of providing that support that you desperately need. And we all need it. I mean, if we're primary caregivers, we need that kind of support. There's a lot of different types of support groups. The most obvious is, you know, the in-person meetings. You know, you you all sit around in a circle. As Jennifer said earlier, you sing Kumbaya, you do whatever. (laughs) But aside from that, though, you know, there's a lot of groups. They're based on message boards, social media sites, Facebook. If you go on Facebook and search caregiving support groups, you're going to find a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to feel isolated in this situation. There are people out there who are going through what you are going through. So many. It might not be 100% down to the line exactly what your specific situation is, but anyone who's helping to care for anyone, we're all in the same boat together for sure. And when you're suddenly in this boat, you realize how important it is to help others mm-hmm. to, to sort of like cast out the lifeline to right. others to help. And 
and I go on uh, on Reddit, which is kind of the wild, wild west of social media sites. Mm, it can be it, it can be a little scary mm, when you go mm-hmm, to Reddit sometimes, mm-hmm. but there is a caregiving section. You know, it's a little bit of people who are professional caregivers, but also people like us who are taking care of parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, whatever. And I, I see some of these stories and realize, oh my gosh, I don't have it that bad. Yeah, it's perspective sometimes, Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the final helper that we want to talk about today, and that's the therapist. And we have, I think, discussed in a previous episode that Steve and I have spoken to a therapist at certain points during a little bit of the mess that we lived through, you know, in the second half of 2021. Same therapist, though. Which is a little weird. Same same therapist. She's really good about she compartmentalizing has, things. She has been invaluable to our family in many ways. Yes. Many ways. Mm-hmm. I know like therapy can have this whole stigma attached to it. But oh my it's goodness. It's so helpful. Right. So, you know, first of all, they're unrelated to you. Right. They're non emotionally invested no, not in the what least is bit happening involved in, your in your what's life. going on with you. Exactly. Except that they're being paid to listen to you. They're being paid to listen to you, but you know what? If you know, if you're being unreasonable about something, they will 100%. If you've got a good therapist, they'll call you out on it. Yeah, I can't say I, I literally cannot say enough good things about seeking therapy when you're at this point in your life really? and you just need to yeah just just do you like that sound effect word just get it out it's amazing how good you feel when you walk out after 60 minutes of just and that's the thing i mean i'm not i'm not a big one for therapy Uh uh i did an hour with this woman in a time that i was i was kind of on edge stressed out freaking out et cetera et cetera et cetera And, you know, while I didn't agree with everything she said, you don't have to, but, you know, we debated a few things here and there, but the fact of the matter was, it was just great to get it out to someone who really, I mean, I won't say, I mean, obviously she cares, but it's not, she's not related to me. She's not involved. Right. She doesn't know my mother. She doesn't know my situation. And, you know, the other thing about caregiving, and I think this is a fairly obvious fact, we all know this, if you're a caregiver it can dredge up some weird things mm. from your childhood. And uh, this is something I want to do an episode about in the future, just talking about how us as Gen Xers, who I know, you you know, your, your upbringing was a little different than mine. Actually, it was a lot different was, than mine. Yeah. It was a lot different than a mine. Lot. But I mean, you know, the typical Gen Xer upbringing that, that you hear about, you know, we, our parents were off doing their own things. They gave us keys to the house. You know, when you get off of school, just come on home, make yourself a sandwich and watch TV for a little while. And we'll be home whenever we get home. And now you're taking care of those parents who maybe in the back of your head, you're thinking, well, you didn't have time for me back then. So it dredges up some stuff that you may not have even known was there. Right. Well, and and not even just the sort of classic Gen X, like latchkey kid thing. But even if let's don't discount. If you had a less than ideal upbringing for a lot of different reasons, a gazillion different reasons, right? 
right? Maybe you were adopted. Maybe you... Well, or your parents just weren't the greatest were, people in the world right, back then. Right. You had parents who just weren't the greatest people. Right. There and I, there's actually, there's a therapist out there. She she kind of pointed out, and it went a little viral, that she received kind of a notice from the National Psychiatrist Association or whatever that, you know, you're going to start seeing pretty soon a lot of Gen Xers coming to you who are having to take care of their parents who really don't want to because their parents didn't take care of them. Right. You know, the larger point, though, is, you know, whether it's that or whether it's that your upbringing was not so nice, it can dredge up some stuff that you forgot was even there. Yep. Yep. And that's where a therapist can come in handy. And again, I do. I am. I've been searching for a therapist who will talk to us on this podcast. Hopefully at some point I'll find one to talk about, you know, what you do about that stuff. But that's where coming to a therapist is really helpful to hopefully just get that stuff out on the table and just, bleh, yep. you know, uh, word vomit. Yep. So that's our list. That's the end of our list. We may have forgotten somebody. A hundred percent. And we really, really hope that if we did, that you'll tell us, you know, that we forgot somebody. Call us on it. Call Please us do. On it. Please do. But, you know, overall, thanks for listening to the episode. If, you know, if you'd like to get in touch with us, tell us we screwed up. <laughs> um, have a question, a comment, you know, inquiry about sponsorships, which we would love to hear. Want uh, more bloopers? More, if you, you want can... more bloopers. And, oh, you know, going back, you know, technology, send us your parent Please. technology Definitely. stories. Because we, we've been gathering them and I've got bloopers in the can, ready to go, edited for that day when I get enough of them to make a whole bonus it's episode. It's a cha- challenge it's accepted. A challenge. Challenge People, accepted. challenge accepted. So you can contact us in a variety of ways. You can email us caregivinggenxstyle at gmail.com. You can send us a text or a voicemail. We love voicemails because we can use, you know, use it on the show. But if you don't feel like doing that, send us a text anyway. 804-723-1221. Again, if you didn't write it down, it'll be in the show notes. You know, if you contact us, your comments may be used. You can also find us on Twitter, our handle, Gen X Caregiving. And we're also on Facebook. Just search for the title of the show. You will find it. Thanks for listening so much to this episode. Have a great day. Good night, everyone. Good night.